This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent, and now here's your host, Ernie Vecchio. person you're having all these experiences all these feelings mm-hmm. yeah you ultimately anchor them in mm-hmm. thoughts yeah negative and positive thoughts mm-hmm. and your body has a physical memory of everything that's why i said that the mm-hmm. that being in the womb of the mother uh, and experiencing what she experiences as precognitive it means before thought hmm. so you're not there's no way to anchor your sensations into anything there's no conscious way to do that and then when you first come out you have no language to anchor anything and so ultimately you pick up the anchors as soon as you learn language that's the segue into the no rest for a broken spirit that's because it's it's the anchoring of our feelings with thought that is the first experience of separation or division uh we get we get cut away from the source which is the separation piece but the divided piece the division piece happens with anchoring thoughts to uh to feelings or anchoring feelings with thoughts and once they get anchored they then become what we call the human ego so uh and so that that's what mm-hmm. i mean when i say there's no rest there's no rest because we haven't even fixed the separation and now we are swimming in the division and so, and it's sequential. You can't one happens ahead of the other. The the separation happens first, and the division happens after. So you have to fix them in the same order. You got to fix the division first to get to the separation. What we've been talking about in spiritual bypassing is people trying to step around that and go straight to separ to healing the separation, and act as and act as if the the division isn't there. When that when that division is human suffering, the separation is spiritual suffering. Okay. Yeah. So that, that makes total sense. So I have two questions that that go with that. Um, can anything be healed through emoting or emotions? And can't emotions open us up to feelings? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you're saying if if you cut anybody, will they bleed? <laughs> That's what I just heard when you asked that question. That's emotions is bleeding. The actual uh, sensation of the cut, that's feeling. So, so and, and as you can see, feeling happens first and then the bleeding happens second. <laughs> it isn't the other way around. And so, yes, it, 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 it's worth, uh, it has, um, in fact, in, in, in I think uh, the olden days, we used to call it bloodletting, uh, that you got rid of people's disease by cutting them and letting them bleed out at some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, that's the benefit of emoting is, is that it's, it's allowing you to literally let off uh the buildup of whatever that the thought and the feeling may be, but the and so as you 
do that, that, that uh, anticipation of emotion and thought uh, or feeling and thought that makes the emotion, as you kind of let that out, uh, it's, a, it's then supposed to ease uh, your tension, ease your dis-ease, so to speak, uh, and, um, and then you're better for it. And the guy looks across and says, that's $100, please. <laughs> well, the question you're asking me is that healing. Uh, it's only healing if you don't have to keep doing that again and again and again and again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if that's all you ever do is just build your uh, emotions up and let them percolate beneath the surface until they erupt, mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. then you let them out or let them off in some way, like blowing steam, and that's all. That's mm-hmm. the cycle that you do. You never get to a place of mm-hmm. healing, which is why am I doing any of this to begin with? Why am I feeling all these feelings and having all these thoughts to begin with? That's where the healing is. So Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. So if you're emoting and it just keeps looping back and replaying those emotions and it doesn't lead to the place of feeling, then... Well, there's a reason, and, and it's a, it's actually a good question because... The ego is actually forcing us to do that, to recycle through uh, mm-hmm. in its relationship to the human spirit. The human spirit's provoking the ego to awaken. That provocation to awaken is the emoting. Why? What is the what is the what is the the spiritual payoff or the spiritual outcome of the provocation? Well, that would be a catharsis. In other words, we're not just emoting for emotion's sake, we've now had a wake-up moment. So the question that, that we that that you have to pose uh, when you're going through this experience is how many times do I have to go through the cycle before I see what it is I need to see? Yeah. And that's what mm-hmm. and that's what the provocation uh, of the ego is for. And that's the, that's the self-correcting piece of that. And so so it becomes cathartic when you break the cycle. And that's where healing mm-hmm. happens. It's, it's after the catharsis mm-hmm. that healing occurs. If you never have the uh, the catharsis and all you have are just epiphanies, which I know thousands of people that just have lights go off, but they never get to see the larger picture. Um, mm-hmm. And, and those are the people that go, things happen for a reason, but they never get the reason. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the catharsis is the necessary piece. And it's, yeah. it's, but it's yeah. also the scariest. It's also the hardest to sit with. In other words, you have to be patient with the ego's provocation and with the spirit's provocation. You have to be patient with that long enough for something to come through. If you if you don't want to sit with it, then you're gonna you're gonna give in to the impatience of the ego, which is let's just move on. <laughs> I've got places to go, mm-hmm. people to see, things to do. I've, you know, it's time for this. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So is it to see what we need to see or to feel what we need to feel? Well, from the soul's perspective, it's uh, feeling is sight. <laughs> mm. Yeah, from the soul's perspective. Yeah, from the soul's oh, perspective, um, yes. Yeah. Feeling is feeling is in sight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what about from the ego perspective? From the, from the ego's perspective, it is... Um, uh, a catharsis is ends up becoming a feeling. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. But ego, is, ego is, is blind to. Mm-hmm. 
ego is actually blind to its um, what the goal is initially. That's the that's the point. It doesn't really see, and so the provocation of the of the, of the feeling, which is the human spirit, is to so the ego can see what it needs to see, which is get it present. So, if you consider sight to be past or present tense, um, then it, then it would be sight to get the ego from a past way of looking at things to a present tense way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And the soul already is present. The ego just doesn't. Yeah, the soul is just. The, yeah, the soul is just the orchestrator of it all. It just really kind of sits back mm-hmm. and in its position of observation, uh, really kind of provides the uh, uh, the backdrop for it all. That when you mm-hmm. when you when you sit in the when you sit in the seat of observer, which can only really happen. Uh, in an epiphany and or a catharsis, when you're in that position of observer, then you're sitting where the soul sits and you're seeing what the soul sees. But but the the of course because of the ego, we, we're snapped back to a much more narrow perspective over time. We we can't stay mm-hmm. with the, can't stay in that soul's position. Yeah. So I always looked at uh, catharsis as like um, a birth. So do you, as um, all the work that you've done as a psychologist, have you seen that people um, have more than one catharsis, more than one um, birth? Well, yeah, there's a, yeah, we've talked about this. There's a purging, you know, catharsis technically means to purge. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, And and, and so there is a a component in the body for that, you know, we just heard Jimmy Kimmel say on late night uh, with this last event with the shooting that uh, he wasn't sure whether to throw up or give up. Uh, he was talking about mm-hmm. a, a physical reaction to what was occurring in the country. Uh, there, mm-hmm. So there is a, there is a cathartic component, a physical component, if you will, to to um, waking up. And so, yeah, I don't know if, don't know if that answers your question, but um, there is yeah. that. Well, that's really what death and rebirth ends up becoming in spiritual work. That the ego has to die to awaken, which means it has to that the past tense ego has to let go, so the present tense ego can step in. So there's a death mm-hmm. and a rebirth in the in the ego, and the body changes mm-hmm. changes as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So so the the so topic. How do you, how do you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, so I was just going to say. So the topic of the of this podcast, which is that there's no rest mm-hmm. for, for a broken spirit, is this mm-hmm. idea that that uh, our spirit gets broken for a reason, and then the reason that it is broken is to self-correct, which is to help us push us to remember what we were in the beginning which was a soul long before we became an ego. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's why there's no rest. But what I was saying to you uh, before we, we began this podcast is, is that the reason that we don't get there a lot in spiritual work is because we're so immersed in the division, uh, which is guilt and shame of the ego, that we don't get to the separation. Um, so that's why it feels like there's no rest. Uh, that we're so immersed in the uh, 
the divided self and and the divided collective culture. I mean, this is where we are right now. I mean, we're just it's division, division, division. We're just talking about it all over the world. And if it's that way in the external, it's that way in the internal. One is the reflection of the other, not you know, not the reverse. So it's because mm-hmm. we are in it's because we are internally divided that we are so uh, so much attending to the outside outside stuff. And so as we go back and forth between those two dimensions of this inner and outer division, we have to look at which one we have any control over. And the only one we can control is the one that's going on inside of us. And so the the balancing principle for that internally has always been the human heart. And so mm. so we're exhausted, which is why we never feel like we get any rest because we're off course in what we're using as compass. And so uh-huh. the whole yeah. the whole principle of the soul's intent and the whole principle of my work is is that well it's not it's not broken, the needle's stuck and all we need to do is tap the glass mm-hmm. and figure out what wh- where true north is instead of what's right mm-hmm. or what's wrong. Because we're again in two thousand seventeen we're still debating right versus wrong, good versus evil. We're still having those having mm-hmm. those debates. And so therefore we're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So if a person recognized that um they're having that experience of no rest for a broken spirit, if they recognize that they have a broken spirit, what would would their um initial movement towards healing would it be to look at the divided cells of guilt or shame or would that be the um the beginning to move towards healing what do you know, do you know what i mean by that yeah, well i think you know i think that uh there's a lot of different ways i can answer that but i think that the uh the Initial first step in um, dealing with reality, uh, period, is which reality do I want to focus on? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the we're focused on the outside reality now, which is a divided, uh, uh, frightened, insecure, prejudiced kind of place in the country. Uh, do we do we want that reality, or do we want the one internally that is that is heart centered, compassion based, uh, isn't polarized to one side of the equation or the other, and is our nature, uh, which is to be accepting and forgiving uh, and uh, of other human beings and reciprocal or, or reciprocal, I guess, in that relationship, mm-hmm. or do we want to be, mm-hmm. or do we want to be righteous and uh, and empowered in the external and uh and, mm-hmm. and clearly you can see that so it first becomes you know, the first part or the first part of the answer to that question is which reality do you want to to get up and live inside of the mm-hmm. one that's going on outside of you or the one that's going on inside of you and and to me it's mm-hmm. a no-brainer the only one you have have any real control over is the one that's going on inside so that seems to be the choice but that's not the choice most of us are making a lot of us are are polarizing to one side of the outside equations, whether it be politics, religion, whatever, and we're taking up our swords and our flags and our causes and fighting these 
external battles uh, and, mm-hmm. and kind of forgetting the ethic of why we're even bothering to care. You know, mm-hmm. the, the reason that we care is we're, we're wanting to get back to some place of equilibrium in the, in the world, some place that we can mm-hmm. say feels normal. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not going to do that by polarizing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, so in a way, we've given our power away to um, the external. To the ego. We're, we're yeah. allowing, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. allowing the external to define our reality. Well, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm going to have in the show description when I finally put this online is, is that, uh, that the, um, we learned very early on and come to believe that the ego is in charge of our lives, but it's the ache in our hearts that that is false and that that human angst, which is the longing to correct a broken spirit, is really nothing but the incongruence between life events in the external and what we're feeling inside. And so mm-hmm. uh, remember that the outside uh, idea of this is that we're, that we're lacking something, that we're losing something. And uh, you and I talked about this a week or so ago about is what we're going through grief. And I said, no, it's humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with humility is coming anger and embarrassment. And we're feeling this across the country in all different kinds of ways. And so if we were grieving something, we were grieving the loss of an illusion. And the illusion was that we're all better than this. You know? Uh, yeah. But but are we really you see better than this? Mm-hmm. And uh and this mm-hmm. is the and this is the and somewhere between those two extremes is the truth. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh and so that's what we're really humiliated by and struggling with. And the, and so again I get back to this idea that um that if you want to quiet uh the angst of the human spirit or the angst of a broken spirit, you have to, first of all, get real clear on what's broken. And uh, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a scientist or a politician or a religious figure to realize that there's a bunch of things in the culture that's broken. So since you can't fix a broken culture, the only thing you can fix is a broken you. And, Mm -hmm. uh, And what part of you is broken? And what part of you is mm-hmm. not broken? What part of you is confused and disoriented? Right. Because that's really where this gets down. And so, but the 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 truth is, the larger truth is, if you you the individual can become oriented to what the task is, which is to to have a world that is heart centered and reciprocal and compassionate, then it's a it's a healthier and happier world. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you can't get to that ethic, then you're stuck in the reality of all this division and polarization. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. But we but we can't get there if we don't realize that for the external to that if we are experiencing an external like we are now in, in our country that is um, full of um, hatred and and disease and everything that we are experiencing in, in the external in our country, 
we can't change the external until we recognize that the external is a reflection of our internal worlds. Yes. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, the external break is nothing but a reflection of an internal break. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and I don't mean break broke that can't be fixed kind of break. I mean just mm-hmm. a break, just a kind of a, a crack in the a crack in our reality, if you will. And um, and that and that's how we can grow and evolve because of that. The angst is a good thing. Well, yeah, I mean that's the it, it's it's forced us into an open-hearted place. You know, that's I mean we we're all broken. Broken spirit is also broken-hearted. We're all kind of walking around at some level with a broken heart, and I think that that brokenness is also openness. And we can spin in the anger of the break and the frustration of the break or the victimization of the break, or we could look at the upside of it, which is, gosh, I guess I'm open now. Where before I wasn't. Yeah. And, um, oh, I like that. The brokenness is also the openness. Yeah. 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 And that's really what the soul would want us to see in that is to step back from mm-hmm. the step back from the crack or the break and say, yeah, but you're open. And uh, mm-hmm. and that and that really is and that's what I liked about uh, I think it was uh, Gloria Steinem uh, when the, they had the women's march earlier this year. Uh, I like what mm-hmm. she said. She said this. She said, "Just don't forget, people. This is not, you know, a march for women. This is a march for human rights. Right. Uh, it's more than it's more than just just about women." And um, and it kind of reminded me of the '60s. You know, that kind of a conversation, yeah. that kind of dialogue, because yeah. that's what that's what we were saying back then. So yeah. Yeah. You know, Ernie, you um, sent me something in a in an email and. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to go over a couple of the things that you wrote because it just created a feeling and a visual for me that was so helpful and helped me personally through um, the Las Vegas um, shooting and and what I was experiencing, which was a lot of... uh, yeah, it, it was very physical for me. It was it was in my physical being that the experience was. I, I was nauseous. I was um, having a hard time digesting or processing that that could really be happening. And so um, you sent me something in connection to uh, Jimmy Kimmel and, and what he said on his on his show and the emotion that that he showed. And part of that was um, he talked about it seemed like somebody had opened the window to hell. Uh And what what you wrote was the view from the inside out without a valid path is hell because all we can hear is the echo of the collective ego. When it is loud enough to drown out our own heartbeat, our own inner reality mirrors this in the world Mm. that to me that just was totally the part that really stood out the view from the inside out without a valid path is Mm. hell yes could you expand on that because i i know i feel exactly what you meant in that could you expand on that for our listeners well yeah i i I think that uh, we've forgotten that hell is not a, the opposite of heaven. <laughs> uh, hell has always been when you're living somebody else's reality other than your own. Uh, and um, and so when you are 
uh, on the inside, looking out at what's going on in the world around you. Um, again, I, I use the word incongruence a lot, but when you see that, mm-hmm. when you see the conflict between what you feel internally with what's going on outside of you, the gap between those two really is uh, uh, determines the um, volatility of your angst or the intensity of your angst. Um, the further apart they are, then the further apart you feel from uh, something that is safe and normal and predictable. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that's what I meant by that. And um, and it's a good example. I think I might have said this in the email to you, but the the window that we're looking through, you know, the glass is really uh, the lens of the soul. Uh, yeah which is really the dimension of love and truth and freedom. And the frame that goes around that window is the ego. And so, so many of us are focused on the ego's frame, which is the reference, the context point and not the glass that we're looking through Mm. the lens itself that we're, that it's like the lens isn't even there. You see, it'd be be almost like wearing a, a, a fake set of glasses where it, where to an outside observer it would look like you're wearing a pair of glasses, but they actually have no prescription. They're just glass. Mm. Well, there's a prescription that has been given to us by the soul, and and that and that prescription isn't complicated. That to be fully who you mm-hmm. are in this world, to be what you were intended to be, and to express that in the world is to be free. And if the prescription mm-hmm. on that glass does not uh, promote freedom to be, then it's a distorted lens. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. And, and so and so you can see the problem with it. You know, again, if you step back away from the window, you know, do I want to live my life based upon the frame of reference, which is around that glass, or do I want to live my life based upon the lens itself? And, yeah, and and yeah. and from the soul's perspective, and from a spiritual perspective, you can see that the the lens is what you want to be focusing on, and that lens is sadly can be interchangeable. I mean, uh, it can be tinted and mm-hmm. uh, by emotions and feelings and beliefs and all kinds of things. That lens can be impacted, but in, in its purest form, it is the lens of love, truth, and freedom. If it's mm-hmm. anything other than that, then the lens, the prescription has been altered by your life experience, uh, which, which is that divided self uh, occurring because of guilt and shame. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then the yeah. collective, uh, then the collective uh, repetitiveness of that through uh, the religion and politics and the cultures that we grow up in. So all of that's kind of there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all it's all interrelated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that you used um, uh, you, you took what Jimmy Kimmel said and you used um, windows as kind of like the glass that we look through, the lens, and the ego is the, the frame around that. And later on in what you shared, you said such windows have two vantage points, looking in and looking out. Our dilemma is that we are watching life happen to us, not realizing that the observer creates the ve- the very reality we hate. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you have mm-hmm. to, yeah, and you have mm-hmm. to have to ask the question, which which is the observer, the ego or the the soul? 
And mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately for many of us, the ego is the observer, and so the ego is the lens we're looking through, and the ego is dictating mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah. So, well, you know, we say in in uh, in this culture that the eyes are the windows to the soul. So, mm -hmm. it, it, so you can change the word window to, to to just perception in general. We say in psychology that in counseling that perception is more powerful than the truth. Well, that's what that means. That what you what you believe and think and feel about life is more powerful than truth, uh, because it it tents and and distorts reality. And uh, and, well, and, and, and until yeah, yeah and, and until mm -hmm. I can and, and until I can do my my optometry on you <laughs> as a as a therapist and as a teacher, if I can't do uh, you know practice optometry which is help you get a better vision, a better clear picture of what's in front of you, then you're left at the mercy of, of the lens you're looking through. And that's where many of us are. Um, and if there's anything that's failed in the mental health profession is we're not doing a very good job of helping people replace their lenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when we speak of reality, I mean, <clears throat> is there there isn't one reality there's however many people are on the earth there's the all their perceptions of what reality is and and so this idea that there is like um an internal and external and that those two things are separate from each other i don't know how we could ever become empowered with that belief system, empowered by that belief system, because there isn't one reality that exists. There, it's, it's well, unfortunately, really well, unfortunately, reality is, uh, and this, and again, this, this all sounds kind of confusing, but, but reality mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. uh, based upon the subjective, your individual subjective experience, and so, mm -hmm. so what we've, what's happened in the in the culture and certainly what has happened in the spiritual movement is is that we've lost any idea of what clarity would be in that subjective experience what yeah. we thought was yeah. clear the definition of clear <laughs> has changed the definition of normal has changed the definition of many things have changed in regards to what is reality uh and so so it so it, you, we need to switch off of that word and go to well what you know what really matters you know the example i gave you this week and i'm going to put this on my website i decided um is the the story of a parent talking to me about uh reading a a children's book uh and mm -hmm. the children's book was was really kind of explaining you know how do animals sound and we've all when we were children we've oh, all either yeah, yeah. yeah we've all either had that book read to us or we read that book to our children and uh yeah. and the book literally the just had a farm. <laughs> right yeah yeah so what you're really doing is you're kind of going through the pages and you're and you're sitting with the child and you're and you show the child a picture of a cow and you say what is that and the child says it's a cow you know and so well how does the cow go and then the child if if the child doesn't know that a cow goes moo, then we teach the child that it goes moo, and then uh, and then and then when you go through the, the each of the animals, a frog is a ribbit, you know, or whatever, and a dog is barking or roof roof, whatever. 
the point being is, is that at some at, that at the end of the experience, if we had a picture of a human being at the back of that book as an animal, because we are an animal, a human animal, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, how do human beings go? What would be the answer we would give? You see, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I think what shocked all of us here a few weeks ago was human beings go bang bang. Yes. Oh, and uh, oh and and imagine a five-year-old saying that, because that's what oh a five that's what a five-year-old yeah, and that's what a five-year-old would yeah, and that's what a five-year-old would say. So I think that so back mm-hmm. to this business, yeah. If the five-year-old's been listening to the news, which they probably have, uh, because you can't get anywhere, you're not seeing the news. Uh, and so the back to your question about reality is is that uh, we have a choice about how human beings go. What is yeah. the what yeah. is the expression of uh, that you want a five year old to to mirror or to sound out uh, as an expression of what it means to be a human being? How do human beings technically mm-hmm. sound? You know, do, do they sound like a victim? Do they sound compassionate? Do they sound hateful and prejudiced? Do they sound loving and forgiving? Mm-hmm. The, these particular expressions are really what shapes and molds uh, our child's idea of reality. Until they get mm-hmm. old enough to then form their own opinions, and so, so to me, it's what matters. You know, we have to make a decision about what matters and what is true uh, about this experience of what it means to be human, and uh, and how do we want to be in the world? Should we be shocked of what we're capable of, good and bad? Or we should, or should we spend all of our energy on on uh, not being shocked and making a choice that the that a that a healthier, happier world is one that is heart centered and reciprocal and based upon compassion. Mm-hmm. And 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 the other alternative is not. And it isn't a matter of who's right or who's wrong or whose politics. Support it and don't support it, or whose religion supports it, don't support. It. That's just the basic human ethic. Do you want to be in a world mm-hmm. that is reciprocal, loving, and uh, and growing exponentially on itself, or do you want to be yeah. in a world that is divided and and angry and uh, in opposition to itself? Mm-hmm. And that's to me, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah. And what if we took that, um, what what sound do human beings make? And that's so painful to think that a child would ever come back with the response, bang, bang, even though it's painful. And it's true, but, but I think I think that incomplete sentence, that incomplete sentence that, that, is, that we're left with there, how does a human being go and then fill in the blank? Uh, mm-hmm. It's a profound, it's a profound truth. Bang bang is what we were doing a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've been doing yeah. that for you know, according to the news, uh, I don't know how many times this year. Two hundred sixty-five days out of three hundred sixty-five days, we're going bang bang. Mm-hmm. So, so it's mm-hmm. so it it hurts to hear it, and it's shocking, yeah. and and mm-hmm. and it's shocking, and and leaves us in a state of of dismay when we when we hear it. But it's true, and so. Do we have any control over what is true? We're not going to get to those answers by what is right or what is wrong. 
Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, and so this and so somewhere in there, you know, you have to include the ethic. You can't just focus on the morals of it all and the right and the wrong of it all, uh, because that doesn't yeah. change behavior and it certainly doesn't change the country. We have to get uh, yeah. to a place of ethic. Yeah. Yeah. So what if we took that even further, um, what um, sound do human beings make? What if we took it beyond um, what we say to what what is it that human beings do? Mm-hmm. What is yeah. the action? What is the, the action? Because it's actually the action that causes the the. Ripples. Well, that's the follow. That's the follow up book, isn't it? How do how do human beings behave? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. follow up yeah. book is yeah. you know, the follow up books is what do lions eat? What do tigers eat? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so yeah, so what we end up doing to children when we're teaching that stuff is. Uh, we're walking them through progressively how they sound, uh, how they live, what they eat, how they behave, what not to do, and uh, what to do around those animals. Yeah, so it's the same. Yeah, it's the same stuff. But that's the reason I like that example is because it really, at some point, we're kind of at a child level with this right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, when, when, and I think I don't think that's a, a bad approach to to say and to admit. We're at a child level. There's something you you had in your your email, which I think just sums up so clearly where we're at in our country. And you said, our psychological existence is closing in on us. And for the first time in modern history, it's without guidance. Yeah. See, and that reminds me of the the children thing. Like, where is the guidance? Well, the guidance is in us. We have yes. to guide ourselves to grow yeah. up. Yeah, we we have a system inside of us, the, uh, a symbiotic uh, cooperative system inside of us that that has the capacity to guide and direct uh, the human experience, the um, noise of the external, if we just mm. tune into it and listen to it and give mm. it some kind of station. Yeah, yeah. And um, and we have gotten, and we know this. I mean, as a as a as a species, we know this, but we've kind of gotten off course from it, and um, and that's where I I think my work is, and that's certainly where I think the the message is and the soul's intent is, is that we're not so far off of it that we can't get back on course. And, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe stop listening. It's like the um, I've heard you talk uh, before about the. Um, you know, our, our individual ego and, and the voice inside the head, how loud is that voice? And it's like right now in our country, the, um, uh, the, the loudness of the uh, collective ego, it's drowning our own inner voice out that we can't, we think we can't hear it, but we can. Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psycho-spiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. And The Soul's Intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. And how, in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.